Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the preceding Word of God in present truth. We know that we, as the body of Christ, are to come unto perfection, unto full maturity. That is, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. Jesus being the head and then the body are members in particular which are compacted together whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love through the supply of the Spirit. In the last days, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. We find that they will be lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded, truce-breakers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Some such turn away. We're seeing that the evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, and there is no turning around from that. And that into the consummation, desolations are determined, destructions. And that determined will be poured upon the desolate, those that do not know God. So therefore, it remains that we have a progressive glorification. We are to grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in favor with him through the obedience unto righteousness going from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. The Lord is coming back for a perfect spotless blameless church in the image of Jesus Christ presenting to himself a glorious church. So therefore, we're to stir ourselves up and realize that the Lord wants us to go unto perfection. For he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For what reason? For the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is the Jesus ministry. It is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That preaching the gospel of the kingdom being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations and then the end will come. As we see that we start out with newborn babes, babies, just as a newborn babe desire the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby so we find that the newborn babies in Christ Jesus are on milk and not of strong meat but we can't stay there if they still give the baby milk over years and years and not grow then they will develop rickets simply because and they deform simply because they not do not go on into strong meats where to grow unto full maturity, full stature. This stature is the same in the spiritual realm, the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ growing up into him in all things. Now these things are the things of faith. In the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. The things are the things of faith. And Jesus told his disciples while heading to Jerusalem, knowing that he's going to be crucified. Being lifted up, he would draw all men unto himself. said, I have many things to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. Now, they have walked with Jesus three and one-half years, starting his ministry about the age of 30, and literally crucified in Passover, being three and one-half years. And yet, he told his disciples, there's more to come. It's a progressive glorification. The sanctification in all truth being revealed by Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, by His Spirit, which is the Father. There is one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is the Father of us all, above all, and in us all. That Father is none other than Jesus Christ. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Well, what is the present proceeding Word of God? What is a throne room revelation right now in present truth? Where are we in the body of Christ? Well, we know iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Iniquity is lawlessness. And that iniquity, when a person is not led of the Holy Ghost, then it is iniquity. It's not enough just to have the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. We have to obey it, obey the leading of the Holy Ghost into all truth. And it says in 1 John 2.20, you have an unction from the Holy One and you have no need for any man to teach you because it's through the Holy Ghost. Even though an Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Pastor, Teacher literally teaches, preaches the Word of God, yet it's the Holy Ghost that reveals. Without the Holy Ghost, it is impossible to receive the truth of the word for the letter killeth, and it's the spirit that gives it the light. Therefore, we lean not upon our own understanding. We follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. And there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we can't lean to our own intellectual knowledge. It is knowledge given by the Holy Ghost. And this is through that unction of the Holy One. That you have no need that any man teach you. It's not of man, by man, but is of God, through God, and in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And it goes on and says, And you know all things. Those are the things of faith. Somebody said, well, I don't know all things. But you have the Holy Ghost. If the Spirit dwell in you, that also dwelled 
in Christ Jesus. It shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. There, that Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus in the days of his flesh, Jesus in his humiliation, had laid aside his glory to take on the form of a man. We find that in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbles himself, even to the death, the death of the cross. So in his humiliation, he humbled himself to be a man for our propitiation, to die for those under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. But then it behooved Christ to suffer the death, burial, and resurrection. And then enter into his glory. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. God's own name. The revealed name. The manifest name of God. Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. And in that name is the blood. For as often as you do preach this man's name, you do intend to bring his blood upon us, the book of Acts says. So therefore, it is a proceeding glory, a proceeding going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Well, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now we are focusing on the cherubim. Most of the commentaries will tell you that the cherubim are angels or these living creatures that are in the mercy seat of the mercy seat and look toward the mercy seat are angels. Well, when we take a look at it and let the scripture speak for itself, we find that they're not angels because which things the angels desire to look into. For he has chosen the fullness of preaching to save those that are lost. These cherubim, talked about by Paul in Hebrews 9, verse 1 through 5, he talks about an earthly sanctuary, a worldly sanctuary, having a divine service. And he talks about the Day of Atonement. And in Hebrews Five, he talks about the, the Ark of the Covenant before and within and that, that mercy seat literally there before the mercy seat is the golden censer on the day of atonement, Yom Kippur. But he alludes to all the above and consummates it ends it with the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat. The propitiatory, the mercy seat, which literally covered the law, the law of Moses that was literally brought from a natural law to a natural people Jesus taking the ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition that parted God from mankind. 
thereby making peace. With that wall, that wall of partition, that parted, thereby making one new man. That new man is Christ Jesus. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second, or last Adam, was made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That mercy seat, shadowed by the cherubim of glory. Notice, Paul says, of which now we cannot speak particularly in the Ethiopic version. It says, speak particularly of this. Of what? Of the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat, overshadowing that mercy seat. Why? And we find that in Moses' tabernacle, and that Moses' tabernacle had no floor. He didn't have a floor of fur, as Solomon's temple did. We find that it had just a regular ground floor. And it had no, in the outer court, there were no pillars of Joachim and Boaz, which literally those pillars, as we see it depicts a man, would be the legs, which would be the mobility of that man, of that body of Christ that were in and had part of that temple. In Moses' tabernacle, we had an outer court, an altar burnt offering, the brazen altar, with the four horns of the altar. That altar stood in blood. Then we went to the laver. These were made of mirrors of brass, bronze that were literally beaten and would make a picture of oneself. And the priest then would literally bathe in that. And then just the hands and feet from then on. From the laver, which was the washing, then they went through the veil. And then in there, we found to the south, we find the menorah, the seven golden candlesticks. And in the candlestick, we're going to see there's a shamash, a center shaft that goes higher than all the other branches and stands upon that center shaft while the other branches flow in and out of the center branch, three on either side, making a total of six branches. In the, in the branches, in each branch, we're going to see three knots of bowls that will hold a half egg of beaten olive oil. The beaten olive oil, there placed in the knots of the bowls, that will feed the seven lamps. Seven always meaning perfection. That is God's perfect number. And there's seven lamps. Three of the branches and three of the other branches making six, six lamps. And the center shaft being the seventh lamp. Fed by the knobs of bowls. In each of the branches, there's three knobs of bowls which if we go six branches times three, and obviously is 18. But in the center, servant branch, the shamash, goes higher than all the others, 
and goes to the base of which holds all the other branches up. There are four knots of bowls, having the same half egg of beaten olive oil in each one to feed the lamp. There we have perfection being 22, the number of light, because the Holy Ghost would light the oil, and the oil in the lamp would be the Word of God that you and I have. The Holy Ghost is the fire that lights it. And we can certainly see that when the, the bridegroom cometh, there is a voice and a cry in the midnight hour. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. That cry is now. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And we're going to have to have oil for our lamps. There will be ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. All are virgins. All are unspotted from the world. The difference is the foolish virgins do not have enough oil for their lamps. And the wise virgins have oil for their lamps whenever the bridegroom comes. Then all of them trim their lamps and go out to meet him. And they light, they light their wicks. And as, it, as they go out to meet him, the foolish virgins' lamps go out. But the, the five wives... Their lamps keep burning. And they go in with the lamp and shut to the door. When this happens, the oil of truth of going on searches scriptures daily. For in them you think you have eternal life. These are they that testify of me. It's written in the volume of the book, I come to do thy will of God for a body that has prepared me. God prepared himself a body. And everything from Genesis to Revelation is the word of God. But the last book is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the little book, the Bibliorinian. And that book, if any man adds to the things of, the, of this book, the plagues of this book will be added unto him. And if he takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, his name will be blotted out of the holy city and out of the book of life. There went the doctrine of once saved, always saved. They were definitely in the book of life and were blotted out simply because they did not keep the sayings of the words of the book of this prophecy. Blessed are they that hear and keep the sayings of this book. Therefore, it is behooves us to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, dividing doesn't mean we take part of the scripture and throw it away and we keep some of it as how we're led or what we think in our intellectual mind or thinking. Rightly dividing is whether it's body, soul, or spirit. Is Jesus speaking this in a natural sense? Is he speaking it in a spiritual sense? And that, that can only be discerned by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And it's only through the Spirit of God that we will hit that mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
So Jesus told his disciples, I have many things to tell you disciples. You're not able to bear them now. The burden of it, there you cannot carry. And it's, the burden is not on the Lord now. The burden's on us. He has already paid the price in the way, the truth, and the life. Now it is upon solely. The burden is upon us, the body of Christ. All we have to do is obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. But who has an ear to hear for the time to come? Oh, that they were wise. They would, that they would consider or know their latter end. And therein, the things that we have revealed to us will be in three different seasons. The first season, that is the season of Passover. That season of unleavened bread. That is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Fulfilling all feasts Jesus did in the days of his flesh. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, also in John 7, even under tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus went up as it were in secret. Then on the last day of the feast, as they poured out the water, and the crowd was completely silent. Jesus, with an electric voice, cried out, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink of the waters of life, that he may live. He is that living water. He is that living word. Jesus fulfilled all feasts. You are complete in him and have need of nothing else. But we have to experience and obey the leading of the Holy Ghost under righteousness. We find that in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, and are you the servants to whom you obey? Whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Don't let anyone tell you that obedience is not required. Because without doing the will of God in obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's called iniquity. And because iniquity shall abound, the many, many will, uh, the love, many will wax cold. The love of many will wax cold. Simply because they see iniquity abounding. And that's total lawlessness. And Jesus said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Some of you will even be delivered up to be put to death. In John 16, he said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. Yeah, the time comes, they're going to deliver you up out of their synagogues, out of their churches. Yea, the time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Somebody said, how can this be? Because they do not understand the work of the ministry. It's a strange work. Bringing to pass his act is a strange act. It will seem to those that are in the old wine, in the old store, that this is simply not God. It couldn't be. Because we're going to see not only redemption miracles of Jesus being wrought in and through the body of Christ, that is healing the sick, 
cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walking, the captive going free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended to me. But they'll also be doing the judgment miracles of Moses. Not in Pentecost, but in the last season. And that is the judgment miracles, where God, the Lord Jesus Christ, will destroy all the gods of this earth. Where they say, no more, blessed be the Lord God that brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind due to the great work, the great thing that he will do before his second advent in and through his people. But blessed be the Lord God that brought up his people out of the land of the north, south, east, and west, whithersoever he had driven them in the former reign that the saints of God were driven and scattered abroad everywhere. Diaspora. Well, only the apostles abode at Jerusalem, for the saints of God were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Jesus taught and preached the kingdom of God. Paul and all the apostles preached the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not, not meat and drink, but righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God doesn't come with observation where they say low here or low there, but is within you. So the kingdom of God in you, the Holy Ghost leading you and guiding you into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. And we're right back to that first season, which is a type of Moses' tabernacle that was dedicated in Passover. It did not have the pillars of Yaquim and Boaz. He didn't have the mobility. It was dedicated in Passover. But then a long time passed. And we came to Tishri, the seventh month, Ethneim. And Solomon's temple is dedicated in the seventh month, Tishri, Ethneim. And it has three levels and in the three levels we're seeing that there is in the outer court an altar burnt offering the labor but there's a molten sea literally stationed upon 12 bullocks oxen and literally on wheels now what are the wheels why is this molten sea, literally speaking of the world, multitudes, kindreds, nations, and tongues? Why is that? Molten sea is the washing of the nations. It's on 12 oxen. And they are on wheels. And focusing on those wheels, we find that in the cherubim, which the Septuagint calls them living creatures. The Zoe. You'll find a Z-O-A or Z-O-E, meaning the living creature. This is first referred to in this work of the ministry, now being revealed to the body of Christ, for we are in 
that last season of the Lord, of which there are three feasts, which is the Feast of Trumpets, not the Feast of Cornets, Flute, Harp, Sackbolt, Psaltery, Dulcimer, but the Feast of Trumpets, the trumpet, the alarm of war, the clarion call of God. You see in Daniel 3, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15, the world in Babylon gives us instruments, but none of them have a trumpet. They have a cornet. It's close, but it doesn't have the piercing sound that will pierce the heart in the spirit. Then it gets less and less piercing to finally it ends in a dulcimer. A dulcimer, very nasal tone that you can even charm a snake with it. And I'm sure you've seen the king cobras and the ones that will sit there and charm the snakes there with, with the dulcimer. Well, and it'll kind of dance around. That's where you have the wheat of God literally planted with the tares and there will be serpents in among the body of Christ literally put to sleep and charmed with the enchantments of a dulcimer. But no clarion call of the piercing sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. The prophet said, Jeremiah, how long Will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war? What will you do in the days of the solemn feast? Well, God is doing that now. Now we're going to focus on those wheels and the oxen that were on the wheels on that great, that great sea that was outside, that molten sea outside in the outer court in Solomon's temple. Dedicated in the seventh month, Tishri, because it is for us in this last season of tabernacles. Not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists that are ones that are coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. They have gone from newborn babies Desiring to sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. To little children, they've known the Father. Jesus said, You'd have known me, you'd have known the Father. We find that in John 8, 13 through 27. And Jesus speaks that except you believe that I am He, the Father of glory, you will die in your sins. You shall die in your sins. John 8, 24. That is essential. The revelation of Jesus is essential to salvation. He stated it. John 8, 24, he goes on and says, This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. John 8, 27. Well, the little children, he said, If you'd have known me, to the Pharisee, you should have known the Father. Henceforth you have seen him, and you know him. Well, Jesus said, You've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is that spirit. He said, the things that, that I do, the words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me. 
the express image of the Father. He's the one doing the works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, open blind eyes, the, the, the dumb tongue, the lame walking, the captive going free. He is the one doing it. The Father of glory. There, Jesus said that I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me because of all that the Father has given. is given unto me. Glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5. And he will show you things that will come to pass. Well, that's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because in Revelation 1, verse 1, he says, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Well, we find in this last season, not Pentecost, that's the former reign, Acts the second chapter, but we find the latter reign that is just ahead of us. The molten sea, whereby is a huge body of water there for the baptism not to handle just a labor, but all the world. For this gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. He that endureth to the end, the same will be saved. Endure hardship as a good soldier. That molten sea is on those 12 oxen. What does the oxen have to do with it? Well, it's the strength of the ox. By the strength of the ox, we have increased. Where the crib or the stall is clean, there is no increase. For increase comes by the strength of the ox. What is the ox? Well, it is the Lord Jesus as uh, the servant, as our suffering servant, the ox. He is that cherubim. He is that living creature showing us the way, the truth, and the life. And we see that in Genesis 3.24. He sits at, after the fall, God sets cherubim, capital C, that means deity, Christ himself. It is alluding to Christ. He set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God. And a flaming sword turning every which way? Word of God. To keep the way of the tree of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is uh, the life. The tree of life was that cross, obviously. There, cursed is he that hangeth up on a tree. And he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, by him and through him. Well, that's capital C, cherubim. And we find the ox. There is one of the head. Well, we find that there's four faces. Four faces. The appearance of a man and the cherubim is given to us in Ezekiel 1 verse 5. Comes out of a, of a fire enfolding itself. Color of its amber. It has the appearance of a man. The man's Jesus Christ. Well, the first one, the first proto-evangel of 
Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, the Christos, is Genesis 3.15. But in Genesis 3.24, after the fall, he tells us how he's going to work this salvation. He sets cherubim at the east end of the Garden of God. That cherubim is the capital C. And this refers back to Hebrews 9, verse 5, that cherubim of glory overshadowing, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now Paul said we cannot speak particularly. Why? Not because he ran out of time. Because he was not in that season of tabernacles. He's in that church, the beginning embryonic church age of Pentecost. It's not time. Did Paul see it? Yes, he saw it. He said, I saw a man, that same man that you see in visions of God, the man Christ Jesus, who is the visions of God in Ezekiel 1. And he saw visions of God, of the Almighty, coming out of the fire, and he saw the appearance of a man. That man Christ Jesus is God. And we see it in Genesis 3.24. He said, Cherubim, capital C, at the east end of the Garden of God. East uh, is always R-E-M-D, 144, speaking of the work of the Holy Ghost. And a flaming sword turning every which way. We know the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God to keep the way of the tree of life. Therefore, when we look at that sea, that molten sea, up on these oxen, we see that the cherubim had four faces. Each of them had their four faces. The face. What is the definition of a face? 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Well, the treasure's head. It's secreted. It is him hath God the Father seal the Son of Man. The Son of Man, him hath God the Father has sealed. Him hath God sealed. Sealed, secreted. That's the reason Jesus in John 7 when he went up to the Feast of Tabernacles went there later as it were in secret. Only the ones that follow the leading of the Holy Ghost will understand for the wicked cannot understand these things. But the wise shall understand. Daniel 12. When Jesus, the revelation of Jesus Christ, God gave it to him to show unto his servants these things. The things, the things of faith. So therefore, there is a line. Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah as depicted by Matthew. He is that perfect man as portrayed by Mark. He is the ox, the suffering servant as declared to us in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, he is that flying eagle as shown to us in the Gospel according to John. Lion, man, ox, and eagle. Notice the ox is there. That's Jesus, a suffering servant, as the ox in the gospel according to Luke, the beloved physician. 
when we see the work of the ministry and we understand that the season of tabernacles is not in the season of Passover as depicted in Moses' tabernacle, dedicating in Passover. It has no three levels. It has no floor. And we see there that it has no pillars of Joachim and Boaz. And it has no porch of judgment. As we see in Tishri in the seventh month, in that temple of Solomon, we see Joachim and Boaz. Which are the two pillars which are the legs, uh, the mobility of the church. Joachim, God will provide. Boaz, in it is strength, the same as Ezekiel, strengthened of God. And we find a porch of judgment. And then, going on with three levels, we see that it has five steps going up to the holiest of all. Which speaks of the nest, the neck of Jesus. And it uses five being the number of grace, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Each of the keepers of the vineyard, 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor, 200 for the teacher. Adam together gives and yields 1,000. In Song 8, in the Canticles of Solomon, the Song of Songs. Solomon, number 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 Psalms. Speaking of those five steps of ascension, 1,005 Psalms is a song of all songs. And in that song, he said, Solomon has a vineyard in Baal Haman, possessor of a multitude. Solomon must have 1,000. You must have 1,000. Perfected glory. That's the reason why Adam, after the fall, no one lived to be a thousand years old. Methuselah, after he dies, it shall be seen. 969. And that was the longest. No one lived to age of, of, of a thousand, as they will in the millennial. As the promise given unto Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, etc. That of Abraham, he would make a great nation. And all nations of the earth will be blessed in him. A great nation. Not the church. The nation. Genesis 12. Genesis 15. The seed of Abraham are the heirs according to the promise. The church of the living God. There and that molten sea. Upon the twelve oxen. The carts and the wheels. We see in Ezekiel. That the spirit of the living creatures is in the wheels. That cherubim called the living creature Zoe by the Septuagint are the same ones we see in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Revelation the 4th and 5th chapter. They are not angels. There are four and twenty seats before the throne of God. And we're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a place he's prepared for us, for you, and for me, for those that overcome.
will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Revelation 3.21. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, a settled state of glory, set down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth, given unto him. There, Jesus is our example. That's the reason it's capitalized, see, cherubim, in Genesis 3.24, with a flaming sword, turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. Well, we find that face, 2 Corinthians 3, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, the face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? Because the full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in him are hid. All treasures. These treasures are hid? Yes, Jesus said in John 16. He said, I have spoken to you in Proverbs. All these treasures were hidden. But the time will come, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs. But I will show you plainly of the Father. There will be no doubt in your mind that I am the Father revealed. God manifest. The literal, literal revealed manifest name of God himself. Emmanuel, God with us. And call his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. That name is now being revealed, but from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We've been earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. So in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, it said there is a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom, in him, are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he goes on and says, let no man deceive you. They will be deceived by vain philosophy, rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Christ is a spirit who made himself a body of flesh and blood as a man. The man is God. What's the whole bottom line of it? Let no man deceive you by any means. As you have been taught and established in Christ, for in him dwelleth houses permanently forever, eternal world without end. In him dwelleth houses permanently, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in one body. But Jesus said, expedient that I go away, for if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost of Comforter will not come. And Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Spirit, which is not yet given. Why? For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In his humble state, he was a man. Worked salvation as a man to fulfill the law, as our kinsman, Redeemer, made in under the law. Galatians 4, 4, verse 4. But then, after his death, burial, and resurrection, he was glorified by the Father's own self, went back to the Father. John 17, 5, glorified with the Father's own self. All power in heaven and earth given to him, Matthew 28, 18. Acts 2, 36, made both Lord and Christ.
omnipresent God, 1 Timothy 6.15, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto nor see. Why? Because Jesus is the only begotten, Yaquid, Son of God, the only begotten God, the monogamous Theos. He is that monogamous Heos. The only begotten Son is the only begotten God, which is the only begotten One. Yaquid, so unique, only one. Therefore, he, to bring many sons unto glory, whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. Predestination, yes, according to the foreknowledge of God, for he knows all things. So whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might bring forth many sons unto glory. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not something short of that. Not just one verse where you say, I'm safe, sanctified, and I'm on my way to heaven, and not growing up into him in all things. Knowing these things of faith is the substance of things hoped for, which we must know him able to enter in, Otherwise, we will not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, even though we know Jesus is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. Matthew 7, Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because you did not do the will of God. Then they will profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. Well, yeah, they did but they did not do the will of God. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, from me, you that work iniquity. You're not led of the Holy Ghost. You use my name. You use the power of my name through faith, but you did not do my will. You didn't do the will of God, which every member in particular has their own ministration. One spirit, different ministries, different ministration. And it's God that worketh in you individually, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, not yours, his. So the ones that are overcomers, the word of God is strong in them. They've, they've overcome the wicked one. They did it by the word of God, by being transformed by the renewing of their mind, the mind of Christ. Not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that perfect and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. It's only through the word of God with a transformed mind in that transformation. And that's exactly what the faces do. The face of Jesus Christ have four faces. Four horns frayed the earth. Four carpenters rebuilt it. Who's that? That carpenter, Jesus Christ. He will literally build his own his own house. He that built his house has more glory than those that minister in the house. Hebrews 3 tells us that Jesus literally made his own house, built his own house, his own church, his own body. Therefore, Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. I'm God. John 2. Well, when Jesus talks about the work of the ministry, he has given some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, 
to full measure, to grow up in him in all things, the things of faith. And told his disciples, there's many things uh, that I need to tell you. You're not, able to, you're not able to bear them now. But the comfort of that Holy Ghost will speak of me for all that the Father's given, given unto me, and he will show you things that will come to pass. These things are the final season of God and tabernacles to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Those he predestinated, them he called. Them he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified. To what level? To the image of Jesus Christ. Perfect, spotless, blameless image of Jesus. And that's exactly what he said in 2 Corinthians 3. The Lord has shown forth his glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the glory. And somebody said, well, that's good for Jesus. He's God. Manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Yes, but read on. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The excellency in the perfection, all that is depicted in the cherubim, the living creatures, the zoe, in the Old Testament, which you find in Isaiah 6-2. You find Ezekiel, uh, the first chapter, and Ezekiel, the tenth chapter. They call them the living, the Septuagint calls them the living creatures, the Zoe. They are the cherubim, which means perfecting, the perfection, the excellencies that are the ones that are partaking of his divine nature. They are in that Shekinah, glory of God. They have gone higher than newborn babies. They've gone higher than the little children. They are the cherubim in, a, in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. They are the ones that have gone on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and in the cherubim are knowledges and understanding, having the knowledges of God. In all truth, all truth. Somebody said, well, can't get there until the sweet by and by. No, the Holy Ghost is given to us to lead us and guide us into all truth before the second advent of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're hearing this and it's moving you, then we are not to let a promise slip any of us that we should seem to come short of entering into his rest. There's your Sabbath. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. Because it is in the crucifixion, our crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lusts, that Christ shines through to us, dead to self, but alive unto God. Therefore, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The glory is in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power 
those cherubim of glory, the body of Christ, and a higher glory, and a higher knowledges, and a higher understanding, and a higher revelation of Jesus, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. That's the reason Jesus said uh, there in Revelation 11, and he said, as the read like a rod given unto me, John, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out and measure it not, for it's given to the Gentiles. The holy city, holy city shall be trodden underfoot for 42 months. Time, times a half, three and a half years. 1,203 score days. Next verse. And I will give power. Somebody says, we've already got power. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. The two witnesses is Christ, the Spirit, and the body of Christ, the church. We find that in John 8, 13 through 27. Jesus said, it's written, your law, the testimony of two men's truth. There's your testimony. I'm one that beareth witness of myself. That's the body. Jesus in the days of his flesh. And my father sent me. He beareth witness of me. There's your other witness. For those that have an ear here. And those are the two witnesses. I will give power unto my two witnesses. This is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. Not just receiving the Holy Ghost, but through the word of God. In my distress, I was enlarged. Uh, then you are filled again with the Holy Ghost. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be you filled with the Spirit. That is... Uh, being constantly filled over and over again with the Spirit. Baptized once in the Holy Ghost, but many fillings of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy for 42 months. And they are the same ones that, speaking of John, that in Revelation 10, you must again prophesy or preach before too many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Why? Because it is the last, not a Pentecostal, but the tabernacle season in the last day things that must be preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. Those are the cherubim. Those are the ones that shadow the mercy seat. We find that they're the two olive trees. We know that in Revelation 11. They're the two olive trees. Why the two olive trees? The two olive trees, 1 Kings 6.23, are made, the cherubim are made of olive. Ten cubits high with a wingspan of five cubits on one wing, five cubits on the other, touching their wings, shadowing the mercy seat. It's a work of the ministry, overshadowing the mercy seat and touching the walls of salvation, which is the cedar work. And he will uncover the cedar work that is overlaid with gold. The olive tree is overlaid with gold. It is a work of the ministry. It's the ministry of Jesus. God's doing it now. And this is the cherubim of glory, the olive trees. It is the cherubim, which are the living creatures of Revelation 4. Revelation 5 tells us there's four and 20 seats in heaven, four and 20 elders. 
and four beasts before the throne of God, lion, lion, man, calf, and eagle. So we see there in the beginning, in Ezekiel 1, they have calf's feet of burnished brass. Why calves? Because it's going to grow into an ox. But it'll cover the whole earth. There's the molten sea in that Tishri season, the seventh season uh, there in that seventh month where you will have all the world preach the gospel of the kingdom. And it's literally laid upon 12 oxen on wheels. Why? Because the spirit of the living creatures is in the wheels. The wheels uh, are what the mobility of the church that the, the Bolton Sea literally moves on. The sea is multitude, kindreds, tongues, and kings. And John, the body of Christ, in the spirit of John, in the spirit of Elijah, will prophesy again before many kindreds, nations, uh, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Revelation 10. But they have to eat that little book. Far, far greater. The consummation of all things. Not the Biblion, not the book from Genesis to Jude, but the final little book, which is a consummation and a compilation of all things now revealed unto the servants of God. And it's called the words of the book of this prophecy. And the words of the book of this prophecy are revealed to the prophets. Why? Because the prophets of the prophesy. Why didn't say apostles? Because the two prophets and their dead bodies. Coptic version says their dead bodies shall lay in the street. After they finish their testimony, where they, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall kill them. That's the last of the last days, friend. And their dead bodies will not suffer to be buried for three and a half days. Not three days, three and one half days. That is the middle of the week. That's the last end of the week, which is the last uh, three and a half year, indicative of the last three and a half year, Jesus' ministry. Jesus cut off in the midst of the week. But in the midst of the week, he caused the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate to the consummation. And that determined, the end of the war, desolations are determined. And that determined will be poured out upon the desolate. It's a work of the ministry. That's the reason you find seraphim in Isaiah 6 2, having six wings. The same that you find in Revelation 4 and Revelation, the fifth chapter, having six wings. Why? Two, they cover their eyes for the glory of God. They set their eyes 100% on the Lord, not lifting up their own selves. They cover their feet. Why? Because everything is covered in the work of the ministry, being led and guided of the Holy Ghost. And with two, they did fly. What is that? Literally taking the whole world, the flight, the gospel, being preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. But it's called a seraphim in Isaiah 16. Why? Because a seraph, it's burning. It's fiery. You see in the book of Acts, the former embryonic church, beginning of the church age, had cloven tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. But the last day move of God, that latter reign of the Holy Ghost, he will turn that 
ministers into a flame of fire, a seraphim, burning fire. And that is seraph. It, it is literally fiery, burning. Why? Because it literally is going to burn up all the chaff of this earth. They will be instruments of judgment. You are my battle axe. And we'll go into that another time as his instruments of judgment. We'll go into that. We'll cover the Psalm 149. Uh, this honor have all the saints. We'll cover that at a later date. Be sure and be tuning in to the podcast as we get into the depth of the word. This is now. It's the greatest work of the ministry that's ever been seen heretofore in the body of Christ. The former reign was great. But the last day, this latter reign and the in the the great reign of his strength, this move of God will be greater than anything that's ever been done before, and it will be exploits, exploitations, things that's never been done before. For the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits, exploitations. So what is that work of the ministry? Well, we all, with open face, we're realizing we've got to make new wineskins. Can't stay in the old Pentecostal store because God's cleaning out the sanctuary, doing a new thing. Only one man's going to enter in. Leviticus 16 on the Day of Atonement. That one man is Jesus' head, we the body of the Christ. It's a work of the ministry in and through the body of Christ. As he said there, but we have this treasure. God has shown for this glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The cherubim, Genesis 3.24, lion, man, ox, and eagle, Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then he goes on and tells us, Paul tells us, he saw that man, has the appearance of a man. Paul saw it, said, I saw one, a man, caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. He saw that work of the ministry. He saw that man of Revelation 19.10 that had the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Saw things unlawful for a man to speak. Why? Because it's in the season of Pentecost. It's not the right season. They can't speak it yet. Saw things. What? Things of faith. Unlawful for a man to speak. That's the reason Paul said, I cannot speak particularly about the cherubim shadowing the mercy seat. I can't talk about these olive trees, overlaid with goat, ten cubits high, five cubit wings, wingspan, tucked in the walls of salvation, uncovering the cedar work on the floor of fur. We can't do it. It's not time. But it's time now. And God's revealing it to his people. Has told us that we're to bring this ceiling to God's people, not for any of our righteousness or our holiness, but simply for his name's sake. As ministers, the pop a rag and shine your shoes for the ministry to go forth in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. He's doing it now. Have he shown that face, that glory in the face? The face is the glory. But he goes on and says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. Here's the witness. And we all with open face, there's the other witness. Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. It's a very exact 
image of Jesus, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, growing up into him in all things, all faith, all truth, knowing all things. Let him guide it into all truth. Just as Paul stated there, we all with open face, we have to be open to this. Beholdings in the glass, the perfect, spotless knowledges of God, the crystal sea. It doesn't have a mark or a blemish in it. It's crystal. Beholdings in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, the exact image of Jesus Christ. From glory to glory. We've had a wonderful glory. Many people have experienced the glory of God, tasted of, the, of the, the powers of the world to come, the good word of God. Wonderful. But now he said, I'm giving power to my two witnesses. They're the ones that are going higher in glory. This excellency that's going to be revealed, the cherubim, the, the living creatures. And we find in Revelation 5, they are the four and twenty elders and the four beasts, the lion, man, ox, and eagle. Calf grows to an ox. What? Which sing the song of the redeemed. They're not angels. They sing the song of the redeemed. The angels desire to look into this, but they can't. He's not saving the angels. This is for the glory, bringing many sons unto his glory to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we're going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for your prayerful support. Some of you, uh, thank you for your generous donations. And it's only, by the way, it's only through your generous donations. We receive nothing from a denomination. We're not licensed with any denomination. We have a fellowship. The local churches literally run their own churches. We have a fellowship. We have a ministry there that we literally travel all over the world bringing this gospel to you. But we literally have no finances except through your donations, your generous donations and your labor of love. And there we want to thank you, those that are doing it and those that haven't. If you feel God to do it and you know and you feel this is truth, then by all means, we would love to hear from you, your prayerful support as well as your financial donations, uh, whereby we can keep the podcast going uh, to all the world. There, uh, call us or write to us. Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606, or literally drop us a message at sealinggodspeople.org or sealinggodspeople.com, or you can go to dennisbeard.org, any of the three uh, websites there. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Do you agree with it? Uh, there, God calling you. We'd love to meet you and join, join bone to bone, lifting up uh, in the unity of the faith as we literally, this great army is taking, taking uh, form right now through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.